I think that I've always sort of inherently had this uh, feeling that love is pain. And, and like, sacrifice. Yeah, and it's always hard and it's always, like, kind of miserable. But I think that's kind of true. Like, oh, anyone... Yeah. Anyone that says that, like, being in love is easy is, like, lying. Well, one, it makes you stupid. It makes you really stupid. <laughs> it makes you really insane. It makes your friends, like, hate, hate being around you. you. Yeah. This is Al. You're listening to Al Anonymous. Today, I will be discussing sex, love, addiction, drinking, all the good stuff with my friend Julia Cook. Please enjoy. Also, please subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash alanonymous, or review me on iTunes, Al Anonymous on iTunes. It's free to do that. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy. Hello, listeners. Thank you for listening. This is Al on Al Anonymous. Today, I'm going to be talking to my friend Julia. Julia, would you like to say hello? Hello. And Julia, what will we be discussing today? Um, sex addiction or lack thereof. Hmm. Okay. So you want to take the reins? and? Um, sure. So... Well, let me just ask you, are you, do you identify as a sex addict? I don't. And my shrink agrees. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But I've been told by others that I am. So. That's kind of rude. <laughs> people are rude. Unprofessional people diagnosing you yes. is always rude. You hear that, everyone? <laughs> it's rude. Don't do that. It's rude. Jesus. <laughs> um, so you don't think you are a I sex addict? I don't think I'm a sex addict. But I don't even really think sex addiction is a real thing. Really? Yeah, I think that... Men are called sex addicts often, but I think that women are called far worse, such as whores or sluts or mm -hmm. whatever. Well, you know that there are groups for sex and sloth. Yeah, sloth. I've looked into it. <laughs> but it definitely, well, people think that it, it exists enough so that they have anonymous meetings about it. Right. So before I got a therapist, I looked into it. But then my friend Dasha told me that part of the agreement with SLAW is that you have to abstain from sex entirely, which is not yeah. tenable for <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> anyone. <laughs> yeah, usually like with AA, usually when you're going to an AA meeting, you're trying to like not drink. You're trying right. to abstain like altogether. But I think that you can engage in sexual activity without it being problematic, which yeah, is yeah. what we're talking about. It's funny <laughs> because also in AA, you're not allowed to date or... Well, they didn't say anything about sex, but you're, you're not allowed to date in the first year, the first year of right. sobriety. Why is that? 
because <laughs> dating is a roller coaster and yeah. it'll like if it goes sour, your emotions go wild and you're not really thinking straight and you don't want to pull someone else in with you while you're trying to get through this by yourself and you're really the only person who can do it and it's just the first year is just not it's not a good idea to date I guess that makes sense yeah and you're not allowed to date anyone in the program but I feel like that That just makes you want to do it more exactly (laughs) yeah um so you had our friend Arjun on over the summer I think oh yes we did a podcast titled sex is canceled right it was all about sex negativity Mm -hmm. to which I listened to and my stance remains (laughs) the same right well I'm here to challenge you (laughs) yeah you were saying that sex makes you stupid which it certainly can but I would argue that being in love makes you way stupider. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, Arjun and I, we said that sex is for stupid people. Sex is for stupid people. Which because again, it doesn't require any kind of brain power. That's true. It's like, it's mindless. Mm-hmm. But I would counter that. That most, love makes you stupid. Well, love makes you the most stupid. Oh, like, my love God. Love completely takes your brain away. It sure does. To the point where you are you feel like you have a mental illness mm-hmm. and you will do anything at the cost of love. The worst drug of them all. Truly. <laughs> of them all. But, yeah, the, the claim that stupid people have sex, I could dispute... <laughs> Just well, by, some smart people have sex, too. A lot of my favorite people are sex addicts, like Roman Polanski. <laughs> oh, did, do you have a list of... I do. Let, let's well, hear you rattle them off. All right. Woody Allen, genius. Obviously. Colin Farrell, genius. <laughs> also an alcoholic. Yeah. One of my favorite alcoholics. Addicts. Um, addiction <laughs> goes hand in hand. Like, you can be addicted to more than one thing. And it's likely, if you're addicted to one thing... That you're addicted to several Many, others. Of course. Um, but anyway, sorry. Colin Farrell. Caravaggio, non-sex uh-huh. addict. Wow. Um, Foucault. Like, like the like the painter? Yes. Wow. Foucault. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was obsessed with going to sex clubs and sex parties. He even had like an underground sex magazine. All these people. Vincent Gallo was a known public masturbator. Uh, obviously. <laughs> we love Vincent Gallo. We do? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> I am Vin- Vincent Gallo negative, I think, I'm, still. I'm a stan. Um, MLK cheated on his wife all the time. Does that mean sex addict, <laughs> well, though? Well, again, what is a sex addict? Like, should we define it? Wait, so Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. A sex addict? A serial cheater. Well, I think all men are cheaters, so that's just that. Do you actually think that? Yes. All men? Yes. Wow. That's... (laughs) I do. I've never met a man who wasn't... I mean, there's always an exception. Like, it's implied that there are exceptions when you say all men, you know? Right. But... For the most part, yeah, all men are cheaters. I'm not saying I and disagree. I'm, and but. most women are too. I don't know. I but it's more likely for men to cheat because they, I don't know, they think with their 
their cock. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like saying those words, but. Yeah, Al is more of a prude than I am. I just am <laughs> modest, and I, this is a difficult podcast for me, Julia. I told you I was going to have difficulty um, okay. talking here. about SEX. It's okay. I can fill in the blanks for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, okay. So MLK, do you have anyone else on this list? No, I didn't really compile lists. I just wanted to point out that some of my favorite people are addicted to sex. Were any of those um, women on that list? No. So this is another point that I'm would like to make is that women are never called sex addicts women are just called sluts and whores which by the way i've been called both in the past month and you've been called a sex addict um yeah from not like in a hostile way but okay so not like a slur and no. like a slut or a whore no but i have this was like someone trying to help you or something yeah like friends or whatever <laughs> But I have been called a slut and a whore in the past month by other women. I mean, who hasn't been called a slut or a whore? Remember <laughs> the movie Mean Girls? Yes. It, those are words that are thrown around since uh, since we become 11 years old, you know? But it's interesting because even if you Google like famous sex addicts, it's only men. Like No women are ever called sex addicts. It's not... Because maybe they're called sex addicts. So it's like they have a problem. They can't help that they're che serial cheaters. Right, right. Maybe it's something like that. Right. I don't know. But I have talked to actual sex addicts or people who identify as sex addicts. And the way they talk about it, if they don't like have sex every night or a certain amount of times per week, it's they go... They fiend, you know, like well, any sort of um, addict, so I this, suppose. Yeah, this is something that I wanted to talk about is sort of like you were saying that addictions often go hand in hand. And I would say that for me, at least like when I'm drinking or I'm drunk or back in the old world, like if I was out at a bar. The having, old world, you mean? <laughs> um, Pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. BC before BC, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of part of the reason of going out would be to like end up having sex at the end of the night. It's like part of the package. Like it's yeah. like why like get dressed and go out and like look hot and like yeah you get to hang out with your friends, but it's like you sort of have this like end goal in mind, which is to like get laid or whatever. Right, right. I, I whether or not you're in a relationship. But I don't know. I, I go out and I just like want to dress up because I love outfits. And I mostly I feel like I mostly dress up for other girls to like see my outfits because men, I don't know, the, the men that I'm attracted to don't really pay attention to that. Right. So. But sorry, I didn't mean to make it all about me. No, that's actually an interesting discussion point because I'm sort of known for... <laughs> dressing a certain way oh you do dress a certain <laughs> way you're not wearing oh you look cozy and loungy in well, my bedroom studio <laughs> yeah i'm sort of known for wearing you know silky sort of lingerie negligee negligees like all the time even during the winter even during the winter and i get shit for it mostly from men um 
But these I'm, are probably the same men who are calling you a sex addict. I imagine yeah. similar type of man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but my, they know everything. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, men are so smart. Yeah. Um, no, but I, my reasoning for wearing lingerie and doing all these things is not to seem sexy or appealing. It's actually just because it makes me feel good. Yeah. Which is, (laughs) I think people don't understand, like, I don't know, the other night I had a guy come over and I wore my favorite Dior negligee and I lit candles and turned on my pink light and Mm -hmm. had this whole, you know, put on like Serge Gainsbourg or whatever. Wow. (laughs) But that's just what I do, like, when I'm hanging out by myself anyway. It's not like I'm doing this, like... Right. You didn't do it for the guy coming over? No, that's just, like, what I do every day. Yeah. No, me too. Like, as you see, I I have a lot of candles lit, (laughs) and I do it by myself, too. It's just, like, a form of self-care. Like, just No, absolutely. Like, if you... Okay, if you like the way you look, you like the way you feel and then you're confident and then when you do go out you're more likely to get laid because because more than anything people are attracted to confidence more so than anything that you're wearing absolutely so that is a fun I love getting dressed I love outfits so much I miss I miss the old world (laughs) of wearing my outfits I know I can't wait to like I don't even yeah Throw a gala. <laughs> yeah, just like, just like even walk at, walking down the street in like the summer. It's just I know. so shitty during this winter. Oy vey. Let's not get too depressed. <laughs> but there are, you can go out without the end game being getting laid. Of course, and I often do. It's not, that's not... It just sweetens the deal. It sweetens the deal. Kind of like, maybe I'm a particular kind of mild alcoholic where, like, if I'm going to go and get really fucked up, the only thing that will satiate me at the end of the night is, like, eating greasy food or having sex. Otherwise, I'm just, like, I just got drunk, like, for no reason. (laughs) Right. Wait. Which is... Maybe something to unpack with my shrink. A mild (laughs) alcoholic, huh? I don't really think I'm a massive alcoholic. Not a massive one, just a mild one. I mean, I drink like two times a week, two nights a week. Two nights a week? No. I'm not not going to grill you. I'm not going to grill you. (laughs) In the old world, I was going out like every day. But now, I really don't. I drink like Friday, Saturday, and I'm drinking tonight because... On my sobriety podcast. <laughs> you asked me to come on your sobriety podcast, so I had yep. to get drunk. <laughs> it's becoming a common occurrence these days. I'm, I'm going to need to talk to people before they come on my podcast. I'm, it's too, a, I'm too shy to go on a sobriety podcast sober. No, Julia, it, this is not just a place for sobers. It's a place for everyone, a place for friends. Yes. We accept everyone, no judgment zone. <laughs> I love everybody. We love everyone so much. I um, love you, Julia. I love you too. But yeah, I am drinking right now. <laughs> so, but you do think that you're a mild alcoholic. I won't dwell on this for too much longer. Um, no, I just we wanna... can. I mean, it is the subject of the podcast after all. But 
I think what makes the, you think that you're a mild alcoholic? Well, you know, it runs in my blood. I'm half Italian, half Irish. It runs in my family. You think that's a like a thing? I do. A yes. genetic? I do. I don't know. I don't know about that. Really? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a scientist. Does it run in your family? Yeah, it does. But I don't know if it has to do with ethnicity is the thing. I don't know. Well, I think my problem is more I need to drink for certain situations. Like, I don't feel... There's certain things that I like to do that I don't want to do without the aid of alcohol. It's sort of like a like a social lubricant. A lubricant. Yeah, no, for sure. And I... Totally understand that. I'd rather just, like, hang out alone and, like, not drink than engage in certain things. Mm-hmm. And That's why I, I, like, have no life anymore. <laughs> right. As a sober. Right, right. So... <laughs> Yeah, I find it really difficult to talk to strangers or have casual sex or do things like that if I'm not drinking. It's just like... Right. It's too... You have to take the edge off. But, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Louis Glaser. Shout out to Louis. <laughs> but, you know, if you are dressing up and you feel super confident, don't you think that gives you a little bit of an edge to talk to people? At of course, all. of course. But like, without the booze, that's not enough, you don't think? I have gone out sober and it's fine and it I It sucks, be honest. No, it fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing not... is worse than being around drunk people when you're sober. No, the only I'm thing sorry. worse is being around <laughs> people on Coke. True. Like ever, even if you're not sober, it's just True. like the worst. You have to, there's you have no choice but to do coke with them, otherwise you're just gonna shoot yourself. Wow, that's so funny. A girl <laughs> I just podcasted with said the same exact thing, and I was like, or you could just leave, or, or you could just leave, because it's probably like six a.m. by that time. I had this conversation last night with my friend about how coke has never been my problem. I don't. I don't seek it out. I don't crave it. I mm-hmm. don't even really like it. Yeah. But all my friends are just cokeheads, so I end up doing it all the time. But Wow. It's not something that I, I could live without it and never miss it. Well, just be careful because you know fentanyl could be in coke. I'm going to give That's you some true. testing strips. Uh, You've given me some before. Just to take them out with you. I'll give you some Narcan as well. Okay. I wish I could mail all of my subscribers Narcan. That would be great. But it is not easy to get. Not easy to get. Which is (laughs) another conversation. No, but I I did want to talk about how sex sort of is a form of validation. Mm -hmm. And also a way of coping with you know, depression, anxiety, whatever your issues are, because for a moment you feel, like, accepted and validated and, like, it, just like alcoholics, it makes you feel this elation that yeah, you... Yeah, the endorphins are The endorphins, released. and they're, they're really good endorphins. The, so... <laughs> Maybe some of the best. Having sex makes you feel validated? Of course, yeah. It's like... How could it not? <laughs> I mean, as I said before, you don't have to be too bright to have sex. Uh, yeah, but also everybody need, everybody likes to have sex and needs to have sex. You've never had like a bad experience as, 
bad sexual experience where you're like, oh my God, I so regret that. Um, or you've never been felt like you were taken advantage of or anything. Of like course. That. Like I'm a woman. <laughs> comes yeah. With the territory. But no, I would say like I mean, yeah, it shouldn't though. It's sad that it does come with that. <laughs> no, I would say like on the larger scale, I don't regret most of my sexual experiences, maybe like a small fraction of them. Mm -hmm. But generally, like I know what I'm getting myself into and generally I have a good time. So, so, okay. This is kind of a personal question and we can edit it out. (laughs) So you mentioned that Alcohol is kind of like a social lubricant for talking to people and participating in casual sex. Right. Do you have casual sex sober ever or what's that like for you? I'm not really one to just have continual one night stands. I prefer to like get to know someone and have an ongoing relationship with them, whether or not it's casual or otherwise. But having said that, I'm not adverse to having multiple relationships at once. So so compared to the amount of sex you have while drunk, you know, the end game at the end of the night um, versus... You're, I'm, I mean, you volunteered to talk about your sex life on this thing. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you a little thing before yeah. you answer this question. Okay. Another huge reason that people don't date in their first year of sobriety is because everyone is terrified of sober sex. Everyone. Right. Sober sex is scary. Exactly. Exactly. Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Before <laughs> before I got sober, I really couldn't remember any single time yeah. that I had sex sober, except for like with my partner or whatever. But but I will say that almost everyone, even the rare times I have one night stands, I end up having sex in the morning sober. You're not completely sober by that time. <laughs> okay. Like scientifically, you're not okay. entirely sober, but it's completely different. I think it's still... You think it's, it's still... I think it's all one. Yeah. Lingering. It's like the hang, it's hangover, you know? It's still yeah. linked to the drinking. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I am I not the... I think it's always very different. Rule maker. In the light of day, it's, you know... Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. actually see each other <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that everyone finds sober sex terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. And I, yeah, I think every um, serious relationship I've been in, like, I remember that being a defining point. Mm-hmm. The first time that you, like, have sex sober. at, like, 3 p.m. sober. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really intense. Like, yeah. I went to, like, the opera with my worst ex boyfriend. <laughs> And we were sober-ish. We weren't drinking. Uh, and I remember we, like, went home and had sex to the opera that we had just seen. And it was, like, this really, like... That's hot and cool. Powerful, intense thing that I... Yeah, I, like, will never forget it. <laughs> yeah, no, that... But we weren't drunk. Sober sex with someone you love is so much better than all the drunk sex that I've had. I right. Think. So I told our... <laughs> someone we know... <laughs> 
apparently that the secret ingredient to sex is love, and she was completely floored that I said that because she thinks that I'm your sex slut. addict slut. <laughs> but it's true, and I stand yeah. by that. I mean, I can't sleep with anyone if I don't love them, and I, you know, I tell people that. I feel like, yeah, that's a new sober thing for me because I was a total slut whore. Sex, no, no, I was never a sex addict. I just thought that that was expected of me, like at the end of the night. Well, so this is where I think it gets interesting is that I haven't been drinking as much. I don't drink during the week really ever, Mm -hmm. but I still have like an extremely high sex drive that's like insatiable. And every man I've ever dated has told me like, you are insatiable. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we could have sex six times a day and it's still not enough. That doesn't sound like sex addiction to you. I think sex addiction is if it if it interferes with your life. I mean, I have, like, been late to work or whatever, but, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Do you think I'm not? I'm not an expert on addiction. (laughs) I'm just asking. I just Um, know the symptoms of addiction. I think if I was addicted to anything, it would be sex. But my shrink keeps vehemently telling me that I'm not. Maybe I need a different shrink. (laughs) Well, I was once uh, misdiagnosed as bipolar. Right. And I got a new psychiatrist and... She was like, you are not bipolar. You are major depressive with OCD and anxiety. Right. And I was like, cool, awesome. (laughs) I didn't think I was bipolar, but it felt cool to be in the club for a little while. Um, I know that this is not your comfort zone. No, go go right in. (laughs) Um, I feel that it's necessary to bring up masturbating because I... Okay, not my comfort zone, but yes, go on. (laughs) Um... It's something that I do often, as do most people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was saying I've been late to work before because I, like, have to just, like, masturbate. Like, I, I can't go through my day without, which is maybe a sign of addiction. But It, it could be. Um, I recently had a dinner party on Christmas, and my friend Connor said that She's always been jealous of me because I wasn't raised Catholic. My father was in a staunchly anti-Catholic phase when I was born. Mm-hmm. He was raised Catholic. Now he's a devout Catholic. But at the time that I was born, he wasn't. So I wasn't baptized. It was mm-hmm. a huge debacle. I was raised with no religion whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, this whole Catholic guilt thing and, like, feeling guilty anytime you do anything sexual or bad. I don't have that. I was never introduced to that until I went to AA. It's very guilt-based because it is... Do you think you have it now? I think I just have my own guilt because I am... People... Well, my shrink and many people before me... My parents, my teachers, they say I'm too hard on myself and I'm too critical of myself. Right. I'm a perfectionist, et cetera, et cetera. You are a bit of a perfectionist, but I know. that's a good thing. And then, I guess it, it's a little bit of the OCD thing. Yeah. Too. Um, and it does make my life unmanageable, so it's not that great. Right. <laughs> but I am prone to feeling guilty because 
it might be a narcissistic thing somehow. Yeah. Like, I always feel like people are mad at me. Like, I always feel like there's something that I've done wrong. But it also may be linked to my addiction to validation. I search for validation. We all do. All over the place. We all do. I think that (laughs) might be one of my major vices, if anything. But I think everybody has that. If like, I don't believe anyone that doesn't say that they're not seeking validation. Yeah. It's just an inherent part of being alive. I suppose so, but I don't know. It's something I've been trying to work on, that and like empathy, because I lack that severely. Yeah. But, oh yes, you mentioned that Well, this had nothing to do with the point that I'm about to bring up. Okay. But you said when when you had sex with your partner after you saw the opera, you you used the word powerful. Right. And I was wondering what your feelings were on having sex and giving you a sense of power or giving up power like the the dynamics like okay so you know let me be clear I'm not a fan of commercialized sex positivity <laughs> that's not my Wait, stance can, can you can you explain a little bit because I'm not really sure what that is um you know like the whole like pussy power movement Ew. that's not my I think it's disgusting <laughs> yeah I just really don't like vulgarity I don't mind vulgarity if it's in a tasteful way, but I'm not like a pussy power kind of person. I think it's really disgusting and I'd rather just like people keep it to themselves, which is why I'm struggling to even talk about my own. No, you're doing such a good job, Julia. I think (laughs) this will be a fun pod for people to listen to. Um, No, but I'm like, I'm embarrassed to even talk about this publicly, but you know. But power, I want to talk about that. Power, I think that, that, okay, so, like, you were saying that sex makes is for stupid people or whatever. I think sex can be used as a weapon. It's like... Absolutely. It's like shooting a gun. Like, nothing feels better than having sex than, like, shooting a gun to me. I've never shot a gun, oh, so... I did it last week. It felt great. Really? I mean, I bet it feels pretty <laughs> powerful to have... Shot an AK. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, I don't think I want to ever have a gun in my possession (laughs) no but seriously something about it feels too powerful maybe maybe too powerful yeah it's like I think about like my favorite sexual experiences and as you said like after seeing Tristan Nisolda by Wagner at the opera and then going home and like having sex to the music that I had just seen performed like one of the most powerful operas of all time that was like powerful but it didn't empower me it's like different it just felt like a powerful yeah no that's why I said that's why I said I I know you didn't um that wasn't the point that you were making I was just jumping from that word to this point no I don't really give a shit about empowerment that's not it doesn't make you feel empowered though ever I don't it's not really a problem that I have I think I don't really, like, need to feel empowered. I feel, like, 
I was talking with my friend last night about this. Like, I don't like amphetamines because I don't need to feel more stimulated. I already feel stimulated. Uh-huh. I don't need to, like, I don't need sex to make me feel empowered. I already feel empowered. I don't need to, like, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. What is it about then? Well, I think I'm just, like, ple- I'm just a hedonist. I just like pleasure. I'm just, like, a bona fide hedonist. Mm-hmm. I love pleasure. I love feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's like my favorite drug is like a painkiller because it fills the pain. Yeah, and it's like you know endorphins, working out, having sex. Like you just how would so how would you compare working out to having sex? Not as good, but a similar similar rush. Interesting. Um, recommend to people. <laughs> I hate working out. Everyone hates working out and anyone that says that they like working out is full of shit. Yeah, liars. <laughs> Although do you, do I you like take, boxing. I bet you do. <laughs> guns and everything. Do you take any antidepressants? No, I'm raw dog dogging uh, life. Ew. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So that means you probably get way more out of sex than someone like myself who takes a ton of antidepressants because yeah I've always been scared of not that I'm depressed but you would you would not like being on them because your sex drive is no longer well sometimes I wish to to lessen my sex drive because it can inhibit me from accomplishing things well that's an interesting thought yeah like I think about sex so often that it gets in the way of me accomplishing anything I want to accomplish. It's like, it's the most, I would say like sex and love. Maybe I do need to go to Maybe Slaw. Maybe Slaw is looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, you know, at the forefront of my mind, like romance and sex and relationships. It's like, I prioritize it more than like ambition or anything else, which used to be acceptable right now women have to be in the workplace <laughs> now we all should be girl bosses yeah which I don't yeah, like really sucks how that had to happen with the feminists and yeah everything. they really fucked our shit up yes they did yes they did we used to just uh, be able to wear lingerie and lounge about mm-hmm. the house yeah but... cook raise the kids <laughs> i was going to say something oh yeah so when do you think that this started for you? When did you start mm-hmm. becoming sex-driven? Was it puberty? I mean, obviously, it starts in, with puberty for everybody. is a big, it's a big coming of age thing. Okay, so <laughs> my family. I hope my brother's not listening. <laughs> my I, family. Is, I don't think he'll listen if he, he knows might. the topic. <laughs> my family was very adverse to vulnerability and expressing emotions Mm -hmm. so that was always sort of my family too actually really yeah we weren't we weren't like huggers we never said like I love you Mm -hmm. we hung up the phone and I think also as a late bloomer I didn't get boobs till I was like 17 or 18 same (laughs) really yeah so I didn't really think about sex until I became, like, a sex object, I guess, like, physically. Although I did, like, masturbate as a child, which I 
don't really want to talk about. We don't have to talk about it. I did not learn how to do that until I was in my twenties. Well, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. I. It's too embarrassing. No, we don't have to talk about it. It makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Me too. I'm actually feeling prudish now. (laughs) Yeah, your face is red. (laughs) I'm sweating. (laughs) Um, But I do remember when I was 13 years old. I. downloaded a song on my mother's iTunes account by Bikini Kill called I Love Fucking. Wow. And my mom screamed at me and she was like, you can't listen to this kind of music. And I was like, why? It's cool. It's punk. She dated Kurt Cobain. Like, Mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize at the time that that would like set the tone for my... That was your awakening? No, that wasn't my awakening. I don't know. Like maybe like in high school... The first time I felt like, I don't know, I remember watching that Bertolucci movie, The Dreamers, with like my male friends. And we were all. I've never seen it. Oh, it's very, it's very sexy. It's very incestual. (laughs) But we were all. Okay. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong. Whatever. (laughs) Go on. Um, But I just remember we were all laying in a bed, like drinking red wine, like watching this like steamy Bertolucci movie. And I felt I like looked at my male friends like, oh, wait, like they're like, you know, it like sort of changed things in my brain. Um, So that was when you started thinking about having sex, like actually with with men in real life. Yeah. But then or women or whomever. Yeah, so, you know, shortly after I grew boobs, I got a boyfriend because that's just what happens. Right. Um, But then I ended up cheating on my first boyfriend with his best friend. Oh, boy. Shout out to, (laughs) I won't say his name, Uh, (laughs) but we're still friends. But he had a girlfriend also, and it turned into this whole messy affair. And that set the tone. That set the tone for my entire life (laughs) yeah and it was super dirty and raunchy we would meet up at like gas stations and like hook up in the back of his car and I would like sneak out of my window but that's kind of romantic it was yeah it was romantic and we like we sort of like fell in love with each other but there's really just something about having an affair that makes I don't know what it is makes it so much better than your relationship maybe because it's a secret it's I get it. I've had a few affairs before. I've also had a few affairs. Usually I'm the other woman, though. Same. Um, I don't really, I don't like cheating on people because I've been cheated on. (laughs) No, me neither. I would never, ever, because I have done it to people before and it's like. I did it when I was like 18. I'll never do it again. (laughs) But so romance, were you obsessed with romance like before puberty? Like, as a child, Um, did you want, like, a Prince Charming or anything like that? Well, so I remember really distinctly my favorite book as a little kid was, like, the original, like, Hans, whatever his name is, The Little Mermaid, like, the Danish original story. Hans Christian Andersen? Andersen, I didn't know that that was a that guy thing. Yeah. um, Which is that, I thought, there's Brothers Grimm and... Hans Christian Andersen. No, my my mother bought me the original book, which is not... I bet it was scary. It's really fucked up. Like, basically, she 
finally gets to walk on land and every step that she takes onto the land, it feels like 10,000 knives piercing into her feet. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I know. And I was like, this is sick. <laughs> and then, she, you know, she finally... And she did it for love. She you know? did it for love and she finally gets her prince and then she, they both, I think she dies at the end. And that was like my favorite book. So... I love you, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I've always sort of inherently had this uh, feeling that love is pain. And, and like, sacrifice. Yeah, and it's always hard and it's always like kind of miserable. But I think that's kind of true. Like oh, anyone yeah. anyone that says that like being in love is easy is like lying. <laughs> well, one, it makes you stupid. It makes you really stupid. <laughs> it makes you really insane. It makes your friends like hate being around you you. (laughs) yeah the last time I was in love my friends were like well they got mad at me because I didn't hang out with them anymore because I was so in love that happened yeah but then when I was around them they'd be like all you talk about is your boyfriend Uh like you're just obsessed with him and it's like it makes you mentally ill it really does whereas having sex I don't think does the same thing you can have sex and like you're done and then you don't really think about it after but when you're in love, it's, like, all you think about. Right. Right. <laughs> this is turning into a whole other thing. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> just thinking, I think that's so interesting that your first understanding of what love was is, was, like, was in The Little Mermaid where it, she's feeling pain for love. And I think Sacrificing. That's, sacrificing. And I'm trying to think of what my first understanding of love was. And I honestly, because my parents got divorced when I was quite young, mm. so I didn't really believe in marriage. I my still, parents are happily married, and I'm still fucked up, so. <laughs> but they're, that's nice. That's actually really nice. I barely Shout know anyone with married parents. Yeah, no, they're they're going strong, and they're going to move back to France together. That's Wait, really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I want to go visit them after this pandemic's over. Yeah, let's all go. (laughs) Okay. Right. I'm sorry. Just making this about me really quick. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think of my first understanding of what love was. And I, I remember the first account of like sex was this book I read in the fifth grade and it was called Speak. And it was about this girl, you know, she's silent throughout the whole book, but it's because she's traumatized by getting raped. So that was kind of my How first... How old were you? How old's a fifth grader? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like 10? Yeah, God. And also, I had kind of um, childhood stuff that had happened to me. Yeah. So... I feel like, so that was my weird sex stuff. Like, you didn't start having sex until you, like, saw yourself as an object. And I guess that's basically when I started seeing myself as that, like, at at a young age, but, like, in a traumatic way, obviously. Right. But for love, I really, maybe I still don't have a clear understanding on what love is. Have you been in love? I've definitely been in love. I think a lot of people haven't, which is shocking. I've definitely been in love. Yeah, no, me too. I was in love when I was 
super young. Um, yeah. But I'm just trying to think of, like, my first, like, seeing it in the media that it wasn't, like, a Disney movie. Right. I can't think, though. I'm not really a, a romantic, I guess. Uh, I'm a total closet romantic. Like so nice. <laughs> and also, like, a total weakness that it's I see. But I'm weakness. I'm so callous and pragmatic and I lack empathy and <laughs> no I think it's it's really funny because someone insulted me recently by calling me a fake slut and I think they meant that I was like fake and a slut but I took oh, it as, not a, like a slut like mas- a masquerading a as a slut. slut but I prefer it as a me masquerading as a slut because it's really true like I uh-huh. am a fake slut and that I do have a lot of sex, but I'm secretly, like, deeply romantic and, like, committed. Do you think you have a lot of sex because you're looking for love? Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like, maybe... Yeah, totally. It's, like, a drive. It's, like, a... It's a drive to find something. And I've been in committed relationships, and I still had a lot of sex with them, you know? Mm -hmm. I used to have sex, like, ten times a day with my boyfriend. I don't know how we did anything else. Yeah. And he still cheated on me. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm How did I find you, the time? <laughs> all men. All men are cheaters. I'm just kidding. I'm sure there are some good, good ones out, out there. Shout out to our friends that don't cheat. I can't think of any. <laughs> oh, come but, on. Um, <laughs> there must be some. I'm sure there is a few out there. Uh, guys, don't date someone if you want to cheat on them. Just break up. It's not that hard. Yeah. I don't really know what to say to that, but romance. (laughs) Romance. I don't know. I feel like romance for me is like, like a, like a fairy tale, you know? Yeah. And like sex is more like physically... Not painful. It's just more tangible, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know. But I do appreciate a hopeless, not hopeless. I do appreciate a romantic. I'm a total romantic, but. It's nice. On the other side of the coin, I also have like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed talking about this on air. We can delete it if you want, but... No, it's okay. I appreciate your honesty. I've been drinking. Um, I do have my, you know, my weird, like, sexual things. This is going to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) Drinking on my sobriety podcast, (laughs) but it's fine. Um, (laughs) Everyone should be sober and never have sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally me. (laughs) Listen to Al. Don't listen to me. My, like, whole book that I wrote is, like... About absten- abstinence. It's like, don't have sex or this is what's going to happen her, to you. I love her book. Everyone should read Al's book. <laughs> I wrote a book. It's really good. It's sex negative. Isn't it called I, I'll and Do Anything for that, Love? It's called I Would Do Anything for Love. Amazing. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why I asked you if like having sex is you searching for love. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what my main character does. Ultimately, I think everyone consciously or not is doing that when they have sex like yeah maybe they're trying to find a connection with someone whether it be physical or emotional ideally both um but yeah no I do have like as much of a romantic as I am I do have some weird like 
Yes, things. go go off. Let's <laughs> let's hear these. Can't times. believe I'm airing this out. I might have you cut this out. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, like, have you seen Nymphomaniac, the Lars von Trier flick? Um, no. Is that when you have sex with dead people? No, no, no. It's a movie. Um, no, I mean, is that what's the term when you have sex with dead people i don't know That's okay well nymphomaniac <laughs> is a sex addict right yeah, yeah okay yeah. i haven't seen it um i saw but I know it. what you're talking about i related to most of it but you know there's certain things like getting like you know i feel like every woman has like kind of a rape fantasy which is sort of taboo to talk about but it's no it's true though it's true and to a point to a point I yeah I could really go into this, but I don't know if you want to hear. No, it. we can if you want. Um, keep just keep talking. You're doing. You're so interesting to listen to. <laughs> for real, this, this is going well. I like this episode a lot. Okay, good. Well, I dated someone last year that was super aggressive, and at first it was like cool and hot because I'm into that. But then mm-hmm. it got to a point where I was like. This is just feeling like kind of abusive. Like it's like I don't right. always want to be like thrown against a wall and like or like hit in the face, hit in the face, or like rammed into a closet door. Like it's just like you know, like. And I remember we had breakfast one morning, and he was like, he was like, I really don't want our like sexual dynamic to get in the way of like our emotional intimacy, and I was like. Oh, that's so nice that he would bring it up. Yeah, that is nice. <laughs> but then he just kept like the sex life like didn't change. Like and Well, I'm, did you did you say that you wanted it to change? Did you Yeah, I remember I was like I would really like to have more like intimate sex. Like I feel like we're always just like having really rough, like like pornographic sex and it's too it's like I don't always want to do that. I like that maybe uh-huh. once a month. Yeah. Or once a week even. You said that to him? Yeah. And um, what did he say to that? We agreed that like one, <laughs> this is so fucked. I hope he doesn't listen to this. No, communication is what makes sex good. Yeah. Honestly, being on the same page. But I remember we said like, we agreed like one out of every five times would be like slow and nice and intimate and the other dark. four times just would be kidding. like, no, it is dark. <laughs> just kidding. And the other four times would be like really rough and aggressive. And that's not even what I wanted. Like, uh-huh. but I just kept doing, and I, again, like I do enjoy that, but like not all the time. Right. And I've never encountered that with someone where it's like, they just want that. I mean, he obviously needs a therapist. But <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds like he doesn't understand what no means. Right. Um, and that is that there's a fine line. But yeah, there. you know, he like, he gave me a black eye once. I remember I told my brother and he was like, what's his address? I'm yeah, no, I'm up. about to ask you what his address <laughs> is and I'm going to beat him up. No, it was, it was consensual. It's all, it's all good. I think leaving someone with a black eye is never a good look. I've definitely gone to work a few times and people... Some coworkers have been like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just have a... I mean, that is disconcerting as hell. Uh, Yeah, but no, it's like, it's never been like, 
someone just like clocked me for being a bitch. Like it was always in a sexual manner. And in a sexual manner that you said you did not want to engage in. No, like in a sexual manner that I willingly participated in. But had voiced that you did not want to do that. All that the I time. didn't want it all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you don't <laughs> I'm glad you don't speak to that person anymore. I hope you don't speak to that person anymore. Oh, you anymore. know, you know. I this do person. know this person, yes. <laughs> a, a real hot asshole. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of this person. Nor am I. Um we stopped seeing each other for a reason. Yeah. But I'm glad about that. He <laughs> is not worth anybody's time. He's really hot, but really stupid. Yeah, he's not even hot to me anymore. <laughs> Thinking about his personality. It's funny how that can kill it. Someone can be and so And like attractive. how he's like borderline date rapist, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, sorry uh, not to air him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not using names. We're not using names. So how would you say that your drinking and sex habits align or compare and contrast? Well, I would say that my drinking comes into play with my sex life and that I end up in peculiar situations that I wouldn't if I were sober, Mm -hmm. such as like bizarre places that I've had sex, which there are many, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even just like precarious situations that I would not end up in if it weren't for alcohol. Yes. That end up being sexual. It's a major one. Yeah. Super dangerous. Like, I had sex in, like, an inflatable sauna last week, which... <laughs> an inflatable sauna? Yeah, like a one-person inflatable sauna. Where do you get one of those? I think on Amazon. I'm going to look that up. I that want one. Amazing. Yeah. Put <laughs> some eucalyptus in there. Yeah. That sounds so nice. Um, Or, you know, just, like, in Central Park or, like, just, yeah. like, where, like, clandestino bar bathroom, the classic. Mm-hmm clandestine you know yeah <laughs> um uh, ew, those bathrooms are disgusting filled with stds yeah but no i don't know i think i'm pretty responsible generally but alcohol and sex combined can lead you into some risky situations yeah but sex by itself not so much unless we you're dealing with the person that we were just discussing <laughs> But alcohol, <laughs> even without the sex, can get you into precarious situations as well. Absolutely. Regardless if you have sex or Yeah. Not. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. Have you ever woken up and not remembered having sex with someone? Yes. A um, couple times. One is too dark and I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> it <laughs> gets into some, you I know. I totally understand. I, it's, happened to, it's happened to me. It's happened I'm going to say 20 to 30 times. So Damn. you are in fake slut territory, comfort yeah. zone. It's happened to most women I know. Um, but yes, it has happened. Where you wake up and have no fucking idea where you are. It's terrifying. Truly terrifying. But the thing is, like, you have to take accountability. Like, you... I mean, okay. There's variables. Like, one time I... You do have to take accountability, though. 
one time I like was literally roofied and like woke up and there was a three-legged dog on my lap and I was naked and I was what like what the, hell? the fuck happened but yeah it's you know it's wild like what men like for me like the prospect of fucking someone that's passed out is like it's disgusting to me the whole point is feeling closeness and intimacy yeah and communicating and being on the same page right otherwise like i don't even really like masturbating that much like i don't watch porn it's Mm -hmm. not like interesting to me right i'm only interested in feeling like the connection uh, yeah connection so it really darks me out that people have this impulse to just like fuck like an unconscious person it's just like yeah that, that's really get gross help. And i'm <laughs> glad you're no longer with this person also oh god me too uh he still Lord. texts me once a week on every, member. he's blocked on everything but he still finds a way right <laughs> <laughs> there's still email dms twitter yeah i remember my like reluctant life partner he blocked me on every single thing and mm. then i found a way to make like this made me laugh. a video game thing so i could chat with him <laughs> on the video game like ps4 or some shit if there's a well there's a way you guys yeah. like if you really want to you can talk to someone oh my god my poor reluctant life partner is stuck with me shout out to him yeah love um, you you don't listen to my pot but love he you. doesn't i don't know Maybe he does. He probably does in secret. He'll probably listen to this one because <laughs> he'll think it's like hot. <laughs> well, Julia, I feel like we're kind of reaching the end to this episode. Kind of went all sorts of different directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder what we'll title this. Oh, good question. We'll think about it okay. once we're done. But do you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to like promote your personal stuff or um, if anyone's to your family, <laughs> if anyone <laughs> would like some customized silk loungewear, slide in my DMs. She makes really beautiful uh, silk garments. Um, shout out to my family, my brother Sam. I hope he doesn't listen, but. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any words of wisdom advice or general empowerment to our younger listeners because I'm, i do feel as though a lot of younger people listen to this and i try to be i love that. i try to offer the most realistic advice that's um, kind of like loose i'm really not a person that anyone should take advice from but I will say that I think that everyone should not feel shame and do what makes them feel good and whatever that means for you and you should dress however you want and do whatever you want and like fuck the haters fuck (laughs) the haters fuck the haters and just make sure that you're not hurting yourself and others and have fun and try to like enjoy your life in any way that you can within within reason within reason without try not to black out try not to black out and if you do or think, like get raped <laughs> yeah if you do think you have a problem with sex addiction or alcohol addiction reach out yes for sure 
Okay. Thank you so much, Julia. Of course. This has been a really good episode. I'm glad. Okay. Till next time. Thank you for listening and farewell.